Does he look like a bitch? I'm going to nutsack of a chin right off your face. I am serious. Now don't call me show. They're not gonna catch us. We're on a mission from God. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Level Up, the only podcast that was extremely offended by Audi's Kevin the Carrot advert, as I didn't feel represented. <laughs> represented by that advert this bullshit man yeah with people complaining hell. about this shit that really just needs good, to um, Alistair Green sketch you sent which was like the thing is mate um, I, I need to see myself represented in the Sainsbury's advert otherwise I don't know who I am look same thing is now I've got to wait till Christmas 2021 to know who I am do you know what I mean <laughs> I don't care if you're blue green but I do care if you're black it's like it's <laughs> It's absolutely ridiculous, isn't it? It just needs to stop. Get over yourselves. Exactly. Literally, get over yourselves. But on that hype as well, the, people get really lit about the like Christmas adverts coming out every year. Yeah. They, they get so, so excited about it. Like My thing is, though, I think this year is going to be a very strange Christmas because we're currently in lockdown and there's literally fuck all else to think about. And you want so, and Christmas is always that point of the year. That's like the point of it, isn't it? Is to like get you through the winter because everything's so peak. So like this year, that's going to be even more the case. And it's weird as well because this, this is like the first Christmas in like the culture war. Like the culture war in in this in the world has like gone up. Like you literally can't have anything without someone saying, "Oh wow, look at that! Like, typical bloody bullshit in it." <laughs> So literally everything, and that like the, every brand must be shitting themselves right now because they're like, how the fuck do we do anything without someone having an issue with it? Like, <laughs> right? I've got to say though, I think um, I've not really watched all of them this year because yeah, I don't really watch TV to be honest. But you see them about, don't you, on uh, on Facebook and and whatnot. Yeah. But the, the one that I like so far is the Tesco one. It's basically like, like this is kind of like a joke advert where all the kids are like, the Santa's telling all the kids and all the parents that like the naughty list doesn't exist this year because the year's been so shit. <laughs> so you can have whatever you want. And you've got to go get it from Tesco if you want it. I just love that idea that they've just gone, do you know what? But yeah, it's been, it's been a fucking year. Do you know what? It's fine. Don't worry about. Don't worry about the advert. We're just going to go with this idea. Get <laughs> and on with got it. Like, yeah, and then you've got all these like like waitros going in, like telling the story of a book of baby cow. What I will say is, I've, I'm really glad. Like, I'm really glad brands have dropped the whole Zoom advert thing, where like, the whole advert yeah. is done like it's on Zoom. It's like, oh no, please don't that, don't do this, because I can picture like. <laughs> Like exactly what they'll do as well would be like all the family around for Christmas and then like nans on Zoom, like and then there's like some magical thing where they put the hand through the screen screen and then like hug them and all this shit. It's like 
Fucking hell, we don't need that. Just give us a good fucking sketch. Have you still got your little button for airplane mode to ignore them? <laughs> you should just start using that for stuff that you don't like. <laughs> All right, yeah, look, it's a Zoom app, but here we go. Airplane mode to ignore them. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, for God's sake. Right, okay, yeah. Um, well, like we went hard in on that. What What have you been yeah. up to this week? Nothing. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> nothing and being cold. That's it. <laughs> yeah, it's starting to get to that point now, isn't it, where you can't... It's fucking freezing, man. I'm literally sat here in my room now uh, with the heating on and my hands are blue. <laughs> I hate having rain on. syndrome. Yeah, yeah. so annoying. What about you? Yeah, nothing really. Um, I'm on furlough now. Cause yeah, well, you got no works. work, so at least there's that. Yeah, so yeah, so I'm chilling. But yeah, it's, it's all right. Like, I'm cool with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it sounds like how it sounds, but I'm, I'm all right with it. Like, it's weird how quickly I forgot that this is what lockdown is like. Like in August and September, it was like, yeah, boy, let's go. <laughs> And then, like, um, like, you forget that, like, for the last four months, we just sat there, like, uh, uh, yeah, I suppose I went to the post office the other day. That was all right. Uh, <laughs> like, Sainsbury's has got some good deals on. Uh, yeah, Sainsbury's started doing some nice cider. It's like, there's uh, <laughs> literally nothing. Uh, right, you got, um, got a question? Got a question I do indeed. Um, my question is... What film would you most wish to see remade with the Muppets? Ah, that's a good... I like that. Um, oh, God. I think I think now it would have to be Muppet Avengers. Ooh, yeah. Endgame. <laughs> the first... No, the first Avengers film. The first Avengers film. Right. It would have to be a Muppet Avengers film where they, like... They go to, a, like... A, like all the all the main all the cub cast come back and they just like go to an alternate universe and they're all Muppets and they're like <laughs> do like the Battle of New York like as Muppets <laughs> it'd be so funny as well if Kermit the Frog was like Iron Man yeah yeah or if he was a Hulk because he's green yeah. with a Hulk Kermit <laughs> I reckon the animal would be Hulk oh yeah yeah that would make sense yeah, yeah. definitely what, what would you say then uh, Tenet. <laughs> <laughs> Make it bare serious. <laughs> yeah, I think like one of the most serious or like films with the most complicated plots just remade as the Muppets. Like Tenet with the Muppets would be some of the, some of the funniest shit ever, man. Um, or like, or yeah, or like the Dark Knight. <laughs> <laughs> it's like any Christopher Nolan film, Dunkirk. <laughs> yeah, there'll be some. You could make some mad stuff. Like, yeah, they should just that should just be a genre, the Muppets. <laughs> Where you just remake films with the Muppets, all of them. <laughs> I'd really like to see some like horror films as well, like uh, Psycho or or Saw or something like that. <laughs> Do you want to play a game, Miss Piggy? <laughs> Do you want to play a game? <laughs> yeah, fair. All right. Um, well, my question to you this week is best cheese. Oh, okay. Best cheese. Um, I've got to say maybe some smoked cheddar 
or some cranberry Wensleydale. I quite like that. You're coming into the season for that as well now. Christmas is the prime time to catch that. Catch that cranberry Wensleydale reduced. (laughs) Aldi always like load up on that shit for Christmas. Yeah, I I just yeah, I'm just. There's so much good cheese out there. You Mm. like you've not really had that cheese experience, have you? No, I don't do the stinky ones or the like the proper out there no, ones. No, I, no. I like the sort of just like the nice creamy shit. Blue cheese, anything like that, it's a big no from me. Yeah, can't do it. I don't understand why you want to eat something that is literally rotting in front of you <laughs> and yeah. smells like it it's smells like, like yeah, it doesn't just... look like something you should eat. <laughs> Yeah, it looks rotting, and that's because it is rotting. But yeah. people love it, man. For me, it's got to be like a garlic roulade. I think that's how you say it, or roulette or something. Oh, but there's so much good cheese, man. I mean, like smoked German cheese and like Edam, Gouda. Like cheddar is up there. Gouda. You know what I mean? Cheddar is cheddar's like the staple. Yeah. Cheddar is home in regards to cheese. That's what for, for us. For like... me, I, like my my thing with cheese is that I I don't eat it on its own. I for me, what what cheeses I like are the ones that go well in shit. So like ones I usually th- think of like what cheese would go well in this burger. Like brie works, camembert, cheddar, smoked cheddar, like all of those ones. Mm. It's like mm. that's that's yeah. my. Ch- Cheese is like more like a condiment to me rather than his own thing. It's funny because I feel like cheese has changed into a condiment recently, like with the yeah. obsess of the, the the national obsession of cheese has like grown massively. I think. Well, yeah. It's, um, again, it's like one of them things we always see like on lab bibles. Like, look at the size yeah. of this cheese, and they always get that massive like <laughs> knife, that heated knife that like makes it like all drip down and shit. Yeah, it's always like raclette. Yeah. <laughs> it looks piff, yeah. It looks really good. Yeah, I mean, like me and Kat, we went to a cheese restaurant in Camden. And it was amazing. They like, you know, mozzarella dippers. Yeah, they'd like mozzarella dippers like the size of my hand. Fucking hell! They were amazing as well. So good. Oh, yeah, what were you going to say? Halloumi is good as well. I forgot about halloumi. Oh, oh, halloumi. Yeah, but if it goes cold, it tastes like boot leather. Yeah, you need to eat it like in the first two minutes of it coming out of the oven for it to be good. Yeah, yeah. But then, um, absolutely. You, you, as well, we got the, um, oh, well, if Spoons was fucking open, we could get that brie and cranberry things that they do at Christmas. Oh, oh, like, oh unreal. And then the brie and cranberry so burger good. as well. Oh, I miss it. I really miss it. <laughs> <laughs> Please, I miss Spoons already. I already miss Spoons. It's been three weeks. Being at university gives you this, like, unrequited love for Weatherspoons. Like, it's just such a guilty pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> Some of my best memories of uni is when we that we literally lived next door to a Weatherspoons. Some of my best memories is just going down there and just getting fuck loads of food when we just had money to just spend on anything. <laughs> and, like, we would, there was one time we went in we there. We used to we, go in, didn't we? There was, like, four of us. And there was a deal where you could get two desserts for five quid. And all four of us got two desserts. And there was like six desserts on this table all in a, in a circle. We all like dipping into each other. It's like, mate, try a bit of this fucking like, uh, ice cream sandwich. It's fucking lit. 
those are the best times, man. Yeah, I used to love that spoons breakfast. I reckon we went in there probably about three or four times a week. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> like definitely in second year. Want... Third year we chilled out a little bit. I, I don't want to admit that I've given Tim Martin that much money. Yeah, he doesn't deserve On it. Air. <laughs> no. He I'd doesn't. love to see John Tapper slap up Tim Martin. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell are you doing, man? What do you got in here? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. As well, just you're wasting anyone, just all these seats with single old men. Why are they taking up a whole table? You need to get them chairs that have the space so they can sit there on their own and chat to each other. Again, it opens up the building. That's pretty good. Just for anyone who obviously has no context to this whatsoever, who's listening right now, um, that is Bar Rescue, is it? Is it not? Yeah, Bar Rescue. It's been coming out for years, but it's on Amazon Prime now. Yeah, it's like Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmare times 10 um like ridiculousness but it's like in a bar so they go in basically like revamp a bar um and sort yeah. the people out but this guy john taffer he just goes in he goes <laughs> yeah. in on the people like it's so funny like worse than worse than gordon ramsay ever could but the thing is what's weird when he sh- when uh, john taffer shouts at them it's 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 more of his frustration at them not seeing his opinion i feel like with gordon ramsay he just enjoys being a mean cunt and then yeah. the, the the other thing as well that John Taffer does, he'll always, like, the next day will come in, he'll be like, right, it's a fresh day. I'm sorry I got angry at you last night, but I think I got the message to you. Like, he'll always apologise. And then right at the end, he's always, like, best mates of them. And they're always, like, so grateful because they've literally changed their lives. Um, yeah. And it's like, yeah. and, like, that's what I love. And you don't get that with Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay is less... Um, he got, he's got, like, rest... Yeah, less affection, and he's got less resolution towards it. It's like, no, you're a cunt. You should have been doing like this all along. Right, there you go. Right, you should be better now. Right, see you later. Bye. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like that. Yeah, to be fair. Yeah. Very, very, very true. To move on to the films we have talked about. We'll slap on. Go for it. Right, so... Yeah, like, this, this week... <laughs> this week, we... Um, we watched like we sort of went for the action film vibe. I wanted Aiden to watch this film, Phone Boo, for a while. Uh, it came out in two thousand two, directed by Joel Schumacher, who did those shit Batman films. Uh, but th- again, we were chatting earlier, and it was kind of like this film is kind of like him proving that he can make a good film. Um, and on IMDb, like the brief like explanation of the film is a publicist finds himself trapped in a phone booth pinned down by an extortionist sniper rifle unable to leave or receive outside help in his negotiation the caller leads to a a draw-dropping climax so yeah it's a very tense film he's having to be on the phone to this guy that's got a gun pinned to him but then everything's popping off around him and he can't explain this situation to anyone and it's fucking mental and the main guy is colin farrell uh so that makes it even better. Um, and then it is fantastic Aiden... as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Aiden made me watch the first Fast and Furious film, which came out in 2001. I can't remember the name of the director, but, I mean, he hasn't really done much else. He did Dragonheart. <laughs> but other than that, nothing really. Um, and if you haven't... 
heard of Fast and Furious, so I don't know where the fuck you've been. So, <laughs> but uh, on IMDb, it says uh, Los Angeles police officer Brian O'Connor must decide where his loyalty lies when he becomes enamored with the street racing world he has been sent undercover to destroy. So, do you want to go first or should I go first? Uh, you go first this week, yeah. Yeah, all right. Yeah, so Fast and Furious, like, yeah. there's been, like, so many fucking films of Fast and Furious, man. There's been, like, eight films. I hadn't seen any now. proper Fast and Furious films before. I'd seen a Hobbs and Shaw in the cinema uh, last year, I think it was. Uh, and I thought that was fucking funny. It was so stupid, but I did like it. Um, so the immediate thing that struck me going into Fast and Furious was like uh, how it was more of like a proper film. Uh, it seemed mm-hmm. like when they started it off this franchise, they were trying to make it more of a sort of like... Uh, Miami Vice sort of like taking taking a lot of them uh, TV shows that have a lot of similar sort of themes like Hawaii Five O and all of this sort of stuff and try and make it into like a big budget like big action film um, mm-hmm. and it reminded me a lot of uh, Point Break as well it was treading on very similar ground with these sort of like subcultures of uh, of young like life and teenagers and the shit that they get into and how like cut and thrust that world is and and like all the gang culture and all this sort of stuff um mm. and again it was it was it was kind of very influenced by things like um west side story in a way just the fact that there was like mm-hmm. lots of different gangs and all the different gangs had a were kind of split up by their race as well because there was kind of like this asian gang they all went around on motorbikes. And then you had, like, the sort of Latino, sort of South American gang with Vin Diesel and his girlfriend. And they were sort of... They seemed to be having that going on. So, yeah, from that side of things, it was a good premise. But I have to admit, I was quite bored for a lot of the film. And one of the things that made it really difficult for me to get into it, which what really pisses me off when they do this, I don't know if it's the, the version that I was watching or what, but when... All the dialogue is so fucking quiet. And then, so you're turning the volume up to, like, 40. And then the minute they, they, a car turns up or they're getting in the car, it's, like, blasting you with the sound of the car going and everything. And it's like, fucking hell, why is there such a difference in this volume? It's like, yeah, I, I guess if you're in a cinema... I got to be honest with you there. I just think I just think it's the versions that like we watch because I noticed that about most films that yeah that I end up watching. Like, it's, all it the, is annoying like, and like a lot of stuff that I watch online, it's all like that. Yeah, and it's it's just like I feel like maybe it's the way that the they developed it in the in the when they were making it. It's probably more dyn- designed for a, a cinema sound system because I doubt it would 100%. be like that in the cinema. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was kind of what made me struggle because again, something about in the way of the direction when they're doing all the kind of the heavy plot shit that tells you what's going on, they're all, they're all sort of really muttering and mumbling and they're like, it's like, I can't hear what you're fucking saying, especially Vin Diesel, man, like he does that anyway, but like he, he was doing that like to the max in this film. Um, again, like, uh, what what kind of struck me was like I, I kind of got why people were so upset and heartbroken when Paul Walker died now because for the people that really loved the Fast and Furious films and were the, the right age when it came out, you can see how much like of a the... character he was, isn't there? He's so integral 
And he must have been like the coolest guy to them as well. Like he then must have been like watching him and thinking, "Oh man, I want to be him." Like he's so sick. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Like I bet, I bet you had that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like he was a cool guy. I mean, I never really wanted to be him, no. But like he was, he held that franchise together for me. Like it wasn't yeah. about Vin Diesel. It was about him. He was like it was like he was rising to fame through because I remember watching them as they come out kind of thing and like yeah yeah it's like him rising to fame through you know through that franchise he's going through that franchise and every time he got a little bit more famous and a little bit more ground he started doing other shit and then it's just kind of like a shame they passed away I do also feel mm. like the franchise suffered after that because it just kind of turned into turned into kind of action pap it kind of lost its heart. There's no heart well, that, anymore. That was, in it. that was another thing that really struck me was like um, for it to be the first Fast and Furious film, and to think about what how explosive and all this shit that happens in other films of its era and earlier in the '90s and stuff. It's like there was surprisingly very little explosions, things like that, big action sequences. It was a lot more rooted in like the race scenes. I know. I mean, I have to admit, watching them now. They 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 are very stupid. Like all the silly effects that they're doing when it when it there's one bit where it literally looked like they're in Tron. Like everything was like completely blurred behind the cars, and it, it was just like, like and it, it just mm-hmm. looked really fucking silly. Um, yeah, and then but the whole thing with the nitros like... as well. Like the the nitro fucking doesn't. Yeah. like it doesn't fucking like make a, like a computer system in your car like go. You're going too fast, and then the the, the seat of the 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 floor of the car like fall out. Like all of that was just so silly. Yeah, well, it's just it's just. Is what it is, isn't it? It it lives in that yeah. moment as well, where it was like, it was like, putting this. There was there was always a franchise that they wanted to make. They wanted to make it a bigger mm. thing. Like it was set from the beginning that it, like it was gonna have like more and more and more attached to it. Um, and I've got to be honest. I think the first couple of films, uh, the first three, and Tokyo Drift, are actually quite good. Um, yeah. I actually enjoy them because they just got a story as well. It's a story attached to this kind of like, like kind of like ragtag, anti-hero villain kind of people and life that they lead. There's kind of like an mm. interest in watching their life unfold. And although it is stereotypical, it is still fun to watch. And like, if you're a car guy, or you're not a car guy at all, but if you're a car guy. That is just so awesome. Like when all those moments, they spend so much time like going around the cars mm. and talking about the cars and talking about what they've got and like talking about plans. It's like it's exciting for someone who like really really loves cars. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. and it was like so you did what, what really what really felt like it uh, cemented it in that time as well because it was a very like like two thousands film. It was like it was mm-hmm. like it couldn't be more like noughties if it tried like yeah the and the, the fact that the the cars were like the coolest cars of that time like looking back on it now it's kind of like when you see James Bond films you got them fifties cars it's like oh look that's what that's what noughties cars are because they they're very yeah. sort of chunky and got all these bright yeah. colours like green yellow and orange and yeah. they look like toys and they got all these big like uh, what's the bit of the back called the um, spoiler. Yeah, the spoilers are like literally like 
taller than the fucking car. <laughs> and then they yeah, got the yeah, um, yeah. right at the start as well when you got the cars with the little LEDs underneath it. They got that green LED and they're all like going on. It's like that must, that must have been quite a new thing then. They were like, oh god, this looks so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's, like, that's like that is like that is like street racing kind of vibe. Yeah, that's always kind of been like that. Like since like the nineties when um, like more powerful cars came like on the market that were affordable like people just started buying them and doing them up and it was kind of like a, it's not deemed like a here you're just like an idiot in Britain if you do that stuff to your car but yeah. in lots of places all over the world it's like it's like a statement do you know what I mean it's like wearing like a fresh suit it's kind of mm. like this is my whip like don't fuck with me but yeah. yeah I mean and most of them do race with them as well like so yeah um, so, so what I really want to ask you is, did you, do you think it was all right or what? Like, yeah, it was all right. I mean, I'm probably out of ten, I'd probably give it a five. Yeah, just sitting in the middle. Would you be intrigued to watch the next ones? Uh, mm, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, not maybe. Yeah, it wouldn't be the first thing I'd be jumping to go and explore more of, but. Um, yeah, it was okay. I probably if 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 there was one night where you were like really keen to watch that sort of film or something, mm. I'd be up for watching watching some of the other ones. Um, um, but it just blows my mind. It got it went from that to Hobbs and Shaw, which which has got fucking uh, Idris Elba as like a zooped up like superhuman. Yeah, <laughs> fighting, know, it's just got mad fighting now. the rock and <laughs> and uh, apparently the next one the next one is actually going to involve space. So I'm just, <laughs> but it's got to a point now where they can literally just do anything. Like yeah, I really exactly. hope that they they uh, they introduce a massive shark and they can, and they can just go. Oh my god, it's a megalodon. <laughs> 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 but uh, there was a couple of more things I wanted to say just before you move on. Um, there was it, it kind of the film did feel like GTA the movie. It was it was the the storyline and the look was very like. A That's GTA. what it is, basically. Yeah, and and then what? I've, the other thing made me laugh was that um, the gang that was meant to be these guys that like robbed trucks and shit in their lockup, they had their like stolen goods, and their stolen goods were DVD players. <laughs> they were like, they were, he went to the police and he was like, yeah, yeah, they got tons of stolen DVD players. It's like, the fact that they gave a shit about that, like looking like the oh, fact no. that twenty years ago like, that stolen DVD players was like the most like th- like future like technology, thing, wasn't it? If you had a DVD <laughs> player, that was like they used to be like money. I can't even picture that. <laughs> I can just I remember it, mate. I remember you it. You can literally get I'm... one for like five quid now. I reckon. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love my DVDs. I can't lie. Yeah. Yeah. But the, right. the, the the actual DVD player itself is like they're incorporated into so many products now. Like just to get a standalone DVD player would be like nothing. <laughs> yeah, and also a complete waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> right. You got anything else to say? No. <laughs> I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start going with that instead yeah. of right. Let's move on. Right. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Um. Phone booth. Yeah, I mean, it was really fucking good, mate. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really, I'm, I'm like internally happy that you finally picked something that you knew I would like. 
Um, yeah. And it's actually a really good film f- for you to pick. So, as you said before, Colin Farrell, he's a, like a fancy publicist. He's kind of like a mean guy. He just doesn't care about anyone, doesn't give a fuck about anyone. Like That's not like giving him something back. He's a compulsive liar. He's lying to his wife. He's lying to this side chick on the side side chick on the side he's <laughs> um, just like he's just one of those guys like I guess what we class as a canary warfer kind of bloke do you know what yeah. I mean just doesn't really care about the consequences that he has on other people's lives and stuck in this hostage situation in the phone booth when you give me a film that's called phone booth you know I'm thinking like fuck's sake like what <laughs> and that was basically the core of my thought is how are they going to make it continue exciting being that the environment is a phone booth? There's only so much that can happen in a phone booth and they really did it well. I mean, Colin Farrell's acting was absolutely brilliant. I think it's probably the best thing I've ever seen him do. Yeah. It was incredible. Um, And it's funny because he's so young there as well. He looks like... Do you know how old he was when he did it? Because he looks like... Um... Not that much older than us, maybe like a couple of years. Yeah, I, I don't think he was that old. Uh, Colin came out in 2002 and he was born in 1976, so like 20 years ago. Yeah, he was like 20 in his 20s. Yeah, fair. Well, yeah, like that was mad to see him. Like, to be honest, mate, like I usually write notes down in a film and. Yeah. I was so engrossed in watching the film that I didn't write anything down. I had my book and pen with me and everything, and I was just completely and utterly into it. Everything about it was so, so smart. And it was only, like, just earlier that I found out, obviously, about the director and about Batman. I'm like, that is just redemption at its highest form for me. Yeah, I mean, like, have you got any questions? Because I just... I I don't know what to say apart from praise, really. So, yeah, what I really liked was the opening set the film up really well so it starts off with like um a perspective on the earth like you're seeing the earth and then you see like a oh, i mean the cgi is a I bit forgot shit. about that man but it, like you see the you see the like the satellites and stuff and there's like this really cool voiceover giving you like statistics on like how many people use phones and all of this and then gradually zooms in and then and then on new york and then a, a district of new york and then on this one phone booth and it's like this is the last phone booth in new york and um colin farrell's character goes there so he can like chat to this side chick on the phone without like having in any trace back on his mobile so he can't get caught by his wife so that's the setup and yeah. I, but i really liked that they went in with it that way starting it in from like an outside perspective made you think about phones in general and they had that line that you quite liked it's like if a phone rings you usually pick it up without thinking about it yeah so yeah what what, yeah. what going off that like how did that make you feel at the start like where, where were you at then yeah i mean what what i did what i guess was was the it but it comes full circle at the end when you zoom back out yeah with the same with the same you have outro is the same as the intro completely the same and so it was just like a little segment of something that was happening and that's what was kind of it was like it was like we started all the way out here with all this facts and information and then we're bringing it all the way down to one person and yeah. like the, the thing that was fucking awesome about that opening scene so when I'm saying opening scene I'm talking basically the bit before he gets in the phone booth 
Yeah, yeah. Like, was all of that <clears throat> stuff happening and, like, the little tiles of other things happening, the people he was talking to. Yeah. Like, just popping up as he was, like, pacing through the middle of, like, Times Square, like, with his little assistant, like, chasing him, like, doing other stuff. And it was so quick. And then you had all of these little, like, flash sections of pieces of... Um, like dialogue from people he was talking to to people he had seen that day or just like little like slices of stuff and it just by the time that he got to the phone booth you knew exactly who he was like yeah it establishes that character so well doesn't it because i mean when Mm -hmm. like the fact that um that it was done like that way like with the split screen and stuff like it it really put you in his mind where he's like this really high flying guy and he's like constantly chatting to all these different people and he's got all these different uh, contacts Um, Mm -hmm. but then it's cool how that immediately vanished when he when he got into the phone booth, from then on, it was just you and him in this situation, and he, mm-hmm. you, it, it makes you it's such a contrast because you realise like how alone he really is when it comes down to it, and he needs people's real help. He hasn't got anyone mm-hmm. to call on because he's treated them all like shit. The, the real people that could have like stood up for him or helped him out in that situation. Yeah, exactly. So say like as well, big shout out to the actor who played the the sniper, the person yeah. that was tormenting. His voice was utterly terrifying. The way that he spoke every you, single word was—you just hear him down the phone, don't you? You like, you, you like, you don't know yeah. who it is. He's just caught. He's just, and he's got this really creepy voice, and he's giving him all these instructions of shit he has to do, and all of that. And yeah, like you say, that his voice is so fucking good. What I found really smart was the fact that whatever this guy did that caused him to be a sniper that was just shooting people because obviously in the first two minutes of him being on the phone to the killer yeah he had the killer has already told colin farrell's character Stuart, that he's basically killed three other people in new york and that they're dead because of him and now he's going to do the same to you and that's yeah. like that's i mean i mean that's crazy but it's just 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 like the the killer's range in like everything that he was saying he turned Colin Farrell into the bad guy you could see how everyone who was watching the phone booth was perceiving Colin Farrell's character to be hostile and that was because he was so agitated by the bloke on the phone that he just literally couldn't function properly and he was trying to obviously he was trying to protect people outside that were watching because the bloke was just going to shoot everyone he was just going to shoot random people it's one of those movies where you think, right, how's it gonna, how, how are they gonna top this bit? And then it just goes up a notch, boom. <laughs> and then, and then, right, okay, cool, like that was really awesome. What's next? Boom, here it comes again. Boom, boom, boom. And it's just constantly like tapping up into the next gear, constantly, constantly, constantly until this, like, you know, like proper fucking amazing ending as well, which was brilliant. Yeah. Big shout out to Forrest Whitaker as well. Um, I love seeing him in films. He's yeah. and he's such a great like police officer character. Yes, yeah, yeah. Like you know, like he'll proper get on that level with the person that's in trouble. Like always, I, I enjoyed watching uh, the police officer, the main police officer, work it all out instead of just jump on him being hostile. Like as soon as he arrived, he felt that something was wrong. He kind of was like the key. He sussed what was happening and he let Colin Farrell know what was going on. Like, do you know what I mean? They had the kind of this code where they were talking, but it wasn't um, the police like catching the sniper but he was talking about yeah. the lawyer yeah they got on each other's level yeah like it was just yeah I just like there's, there's, <sighs> a, there's a few really 
big standout moments, isn't there? You've got, you got the the first time someone gets shot, so there's this, there's these like prostitute girls that want to use the phone booth, and Colin Farrell's obviously can't get out of the phone booth or do anything, and he's like, no, fuck off, just go away, and he like slams the door on it, and he cuts one of the girls' hands, and then she goes over and gets like the pimp, and he comes over and he's like got a baseball bat and he's like smashing up the phone booth and shit. He's like. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, mate, just, just leave me alone. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to sort this out. Just go fuck off. And then, the, but yeah. then, but then, like it, the the guy on the phone is like proper riling him up and says, "Shall I shoot him? Shall I shoot him?" And he just goes, "I'll just do it." And then the guy gets shot. And then that's kind of what sets up the police turning up because everyone in the street thinks it was Colin Farrell that shot this pimp. But like, mm. and and then he's kind of almost responsible for it. And the sniper on the phone is trying to convince Colin Farrell that it was his fault that he died and all of this sort of stuff and then the mm-hmm. other bit that I really remember as well is like when, he, when uh, the sniper on the phone tells Colin Farrell to uh, reach up into the into the, the, oh. the ceiling bit and, oh, he, and there's a gun in there and then Colin Farrell touches a gun and he's like there you go look I've just I've just linked you to the crime now it's like fucking hell did you also have a point as well in the film where you're like I genuinely don't know how this is going to end because I remember watching it and thinking like I don't know where this is going to go I don't know how this is going to end or anything yeah I I was completely like by the time that we were at that point with what you just said I I was completely hooked in I I didn't I didn't have a fucking clue what was going on at all I was just like (laughs) ready for whatever was going to happen so one thing that's um, one thing that's worth shouting just before obviously the level up section because I'm going to want to talk about it in my level up really is that at the end of the film we think so the pizza guy the pizza guy is quite like weirdly crucial in the story basically when Colin Farrell first arrives at at the phone booth a pizza guy knocks on the phone booth door and it's like here's a pizza delivered for you and Colin Farrell's like I don't do I look like a fucking order a pizza to a phone booth are you are you an an idiot Um, and he's like like just take it man it's already been paid for and he's like I don't want it I don't I don't want your pizza can you just get out of here I'm talking to someone and um and he's sort of really rude to him and he basically like um, he like gives him money for the pizza and just be like to basically just pays him to go away and leave him alone yeah and, um, and like calls him fat and it's just really horrible to him and then basically this pizza guy busts off and then it's set up right at the end of the film the guy the sniper the killer was the pizza guy. Mm. That's the body that was in the room. Yeah, the police raids where they think the sniper was and they find the pizza guy like dead in there with a gun and and yeah, like they said, oh he killed himself. Yeah. yeah. And then basically Colin Farrell has been shot of a rubber bullet and he is in the back of an ambulance and he's given some drugs and he's kind of like waving in and out, basically just like probably just about to fucking go sleep after that and just be like done up on hospital drugs but basically <laughs> the guy comes round the corner of the ambulance and just holds his foot and it's the sniper the killer yeah and he just says he just talks again to him and as he kind of Colin Farrell just goes off to sleep he's just talking to him and then the guy the killer just walks off through the through the middle of all the police all the ambulances all the chaos he just walks off and he's got a big suitcase with the gun in. Oh, man. Yeah. Joel Schumacher died uh, a few months ago, actually, the director. But it, it was left open for a potential sequel, um, mm-hmm. which is good. And, and considering that guy said he's already killed other people, it's like, 
was to stop him killing more. Like, uh, you could easily exactly. do another one in a similar situation. Now, that kind of, like, serial killer pick is so popular. Yeah, like, everyone yeah. wants to see that new Netflix documentary that's dropping. Like, Joel Schumacher was 20 years ago. He was making a, basically, literally a film about a, a killer in New York. And as far as that universe is considered, he's still on the loose. So I think I'll get along with my level up first. <laughs> uh, and and the, the other thing is, it's like the, the killer as well, which is also quite interesting, all the way through was playing on the stereotypes of serial killers. You make Colin Farrell think that he was one type of serial killer and then switch it up last minute and goes, oh, I'm not crazy, I was just messing around with you there. Because he was start, one minute he was talking, my dad, my dad beat me as a kid or whatever, and he goes, no, that was just total bullshit, I'm not that sort of killer. So then you're yeah. constantly like, what the fuck is this guy going to do? You literally can't predict how the, the killer is going uh, what, what to, what he's going to do or how he's going to react to anything. Mm-hmm which really added to that pace of the film too. Yeah, it was it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So Right. Yeah. Did you want to go first right. then? Is that what you were saying? Yeah, I'm going to go first. I'm going to go right. first, yeah. I've basically already started. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me find it. Okay. Right. 3 2 1 all right, so my idea for the level up for Phone Move is we're going to have a sequel. Obviously, the killer is still out there and he's still on the loose. Uh, we get Colin Farrell involved. Um, I think he's still very aware that that happened to him, but he's tried to ignore it his whole life. He's got on with himself. He's got a nice money. He's got a family. He's got a house. And this time, the killer's back, and he's not only after Colin, he's after he's after everyone. Um, obviously, it can't be centred around a phone booth again, but I would still like to see that story evolved. It's such a perfect thing to happen, and I think um, Colin Farrell having some knowledge of how the guy might play would also it would also be interesting to see maybe whether he would set traps for the killer and the killer will be setting traps and it would just be a really interesting like psychological thriller film um and yeah i mean that's that's pretty much it i think basically (laughs) yeah yeah i like it yeah like i i'd really like to see like 20 years on like what else has happened and like all of that and as you as you were speaking i was coming up with how they could potentially do it um could be like somewhere like a plane and instead of on the phone he's texting him and they're texting each other on this plane and uh, like and the guys like again like increasing the situation and coming out with all these different things and then colin farrell has to kind of like solve it without anyone on the plane noticing yeah that's actually... I really like that idea. That's really good. So you could update it with texting again, so It would just be not... called Cabin. <laughs> That's what it would be called. Cockpit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, but also what I really loved about it was that there was people that knew him that he couldn't tell... Like, he couldn't tell them what was going on. So he had the two girls in phone booth. And I think yeah. him having the family, him having some sort of small family would be really really interesting i don't think it should be the previous wife i feel like it should be this new girl and they've like they've started a new life together and moved away and now they're going on holiday and suddenly he's just dropped straight back into that situation again he's obviously hidden this past from his new wife and his family and now 
obviously he's going to be keeping that from from them and yeah. that will have a mental effect on on him won't it exactly um, yeah, I think that's really it was the only obvious avenue for the level up for that film Like, it's weird because in some ways it's kind of like fairly easy to come up with ideas for a sequel but like at the same time it was kind of nicely all rounded in phone booth it's kind of like you can't really top phone booth that much it's basically mm-hmm. just creating the same situation just with slightly different parameters mm-hmm. story wise you're so invested in Colin Farrell's character throughout the whole film so mm. the only thing to do would be to see how his life has progressed. Um, that's it for me, yeah. Right, good luck. <laughs> oh, fuck, I haven't even got any ideas. Um... Well, I think, I, think, I think just as a parameter for you, you should think about, like, when it went bad, like, you know, obviously, we all know that it, it, went, it went to a bit shit at, at a certain point. What do you think they could have changed to make it not okay. shit? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Right. Gonna slap it? Right, so I think that they could bring back more of the police element. So bring in a new police officer that is in was in the same unit as um as the guy that was in the first one. <laughs> um and yeah, bring bring in more of that undercover operation shit back, I think. And make the stakes uh, more more emotional rather than just high stakes of like lots of guns and stuff like you've got to bring back the emotion into this franchise I'd also didn't see enough um, like jacking up of cars I would like to see a bit more like them fixing up cars and doing all this sort of stuff and coming up with these new ways of making the car cool like kind of like a real steel when they were like adding bits to the robots that they had and and like and then again Bring in more of the race racing thing again, like so you're you've actually got the high stakes like oh we got to beat this person we've got to beat that person like this and then like have like one sick final race where it's like all depending on who wins that race so they can get money to pay off some gangsters or whatever. Um, but yeah, mm. just uh, be a bit more fun with it. I think be a bit more fun, yeah. but then have the core of the film. That is is something that is kind of like rock solid, and and they take that the core of the film seriously. So then you're believing all the different characters' motives, but then all the rest of it can be a bit more like, oh, we put a fucking ten million pound nitrous engine in into the front of this car, and it can go at the speed of light, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, I know exactly what you mean. I do think, um, like. It is a shame that like Fast and Furious has gone kind of the way that it went because it was it was generally all right and it had the it had the it had the bones there to be something that was could have been remembered in kind of like history as like a big franchise but you know how mm. like Transformers had that hype time yeah and then it faded away and now it's kind of just nothing now yeah it's kind of reminds me of that like I just remember it being so much more hyped and now it's just kind of like oh there's another Fast and Furious coming out oh I wonder what that will be they're going to steal <laughs> something again and they're going to use a fast car um, but yeah no I think yeah I think you you, you did what you could there yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> definitely <laughs> And now it's time for something a little bit more quiet and chillaxed. 
it's time for Christine's Corner. Right, so um, this week we've asked Christine the question, what's the film you hate most and why? And she said Cat in the Hat, and I don't think anything else needs to be said there, to be honest with you. I mean, Cat in the Hat, <laughs> did you see it? Yeah, I was it when it came out. I actually was quite a big fan of it when it came out, to be fair. I had it on, it was one of the um, first DVDs that I had. You're, Christine has written, um, it made me so depressed. <laughs> <laughs> It is quite scary, I won't lie to you. Come yeah, on. it's a weird one. It's a weird one. It's a really weird one. So, the big news this week really is we've got a listener. <laughs> yeah! Uh, we've, got, we've got a listener. We've got, we've got him uh, to answer the questions this week too. So, this is what it would be like if people, if people messaged in every week. This is how lit Christine's Corner could get. Even though it's nice and calm and quiet, but probably won't be though. <laughs> <laughs> Such an ass. Um, so yeah, so Cat in the Hat, um, depressing. Uh, I get it. Terrifying film. Um, I won't ever watch it again, ever. <laughs> Point blank. Um, and we've also just chucked in there most overrated actor and most underrated actor. So we've gone here. Most overrated actor for your mum is. Meryl Streep and Tom Cruise. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I'm quite a big fan of Meryl Streep, but I like her. But she, there are there are a lot of films that she's in where she just does that like thing, like you know what I mean. And she's just make like it's like fucking hell. Mamma Mia's. Yeah, like she's Mamma Mia's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tom Cruise I can understand. Um, yeah. he is like everyone for some reason thinks that apparently he's a really nice bloke. Just in general. Yes. Yeah. Like, I've heard I've heard stories about him just being really genuinely so nice. I think I heard a story on the radio about how um basically some guy had broken down on the side of the road in his motorbike and Tom Cruise was doing some filming in London, right, and he drove to and from set every day on his he has like a collection of motorbikes in London right the motorbike wasn't started and Tom Cruise like pulled over and like helped him out like sorting out the <laughs> motorbike and then I, I can't remember if he said that I think Tom Cruise actually gave ended up giving this guy a motorbike just a free motorbike <laughs> like just gave him it he was like oh like, I'm sorry your motorbike doesn't work anymore here's a brand new motorbike <laughs> like that would be awesome wouldn't it yeah but acting wise yeah no not really not really a fan can only just about deal with the Mission Impossible films, but like, yeah, just I mean, because... it, was, it was pretty good in um, War of the Worlds that film. I, I yeah, quite liked him in yeah. that. Mm-hmm. He's not terrible. He's just, uh, he's just, nah, bit he's just uh, yeah, just a bit. He does what he does, doesn't he? And he's pretty yeah. good at it. I mean, it's worth shouting out also that he does do all his own stunts still, and he's getting on a bit. So <laughs> yeah, he's he's approaching sixty. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's just, like, he still like throws himself off of buildings like every time he does Mission yeah. Impossible. I mean, yeah, it's what I find, man, is when you like compare two people the same age. So Brad Pitt is older than Nigel Farage. <laughs> like, how mad is that? <laughs> yeah, and I reckon Tom yeah, Cruise weird. is about the same age as well. You ever seen Nigel Farage like hanging onto the window on the side of a plane? <laughs> Tom Cruise is 58, man. Jesus. That's crazy. The stuff that he does is mental. He's 58. Guess what? Who else is 58? Who? Keir Starmer. 
<laughs> so Keir Starmer and Keir Tom Starmer. Cruise are the same age. Keir Starmer also looks like he'd jump off a building for like a good like labour action sequence. <laughs> He's doing pretty well for his age, you got to admit that. Yeah. Diving out of Westminster window, like diving into the Thames. <laughs> right after a mic drop. <laughs> yeah, no, anyway, yeah, Nigel, also... Nigel Farage is only 56. <laughs> oh, God. He looks it's awful fucking mad, age. that. Yeah, he is a, he's a frog-faced cunt, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Um, right, and most underrated actor, uh, she's put Maxine Peake and Aidan Houston. Hey! <laughs> Big up, Christine. <laughs> Love you. Yeah, do you know Maxine Peake? Uh, uh, I recognise the name, but I can't tell me. I can't think of what you would have seen her in. She's in a lot of BBC stuff, um, but she has done a lot of stage stuff that you probably have heard of. Um, mm. She's like a blonde woman. She's mid-40s. don't know what you would have seen her in. I've seen so much of her stuff. I'm just going to Google it now, quickly. Yeah, have a look. Yeah, it's more TV, oh, British yeah. TV. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's fantastic. She was in the Black Mirror. Yes, that was it. That's, that's yeah. what you would have seen her in, Black yeah. Mirror episode. Black, Black Mirror episode, the Metalhead. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Very, very good. And also, um, Aiden Houston, he was in that film Silhouette, made by David Jeffrey Hughes. <laughs> 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 yeah, very underrated performance, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, amazing. So we'll move on to our... We we got we got someone in so um, just first off a little bit about him. Um, his name's Jack Dexter. Um, he's a big fan of the podcast. It's funny because I went to school with Jack Dexter, um, <laughs> and we didn't know that he listened. And he messaged in one day, and it was uh, yeah, it's great. So he's from Folkestone. Um, he's a childcare practitioner, and so we asked him a few questions. Obviously, what was your like weird superhero that you wanted? Because you know we do the weird superhero thing obviously um, and he came up with a really good idea so uh, a superhero that has the strength of uh, just a completely average skinny guy but he can fly um, <laughs> the reason it's the worst and most like a funny superpower is the fact that like if you think about it the power of flight is absolutely useless if that is all you can do <laughs> so like you're, you're, you're up in like you're up in like the clouds and you get like a gust of wind and it'll just blow you like six miles north <laughs> like every you'll be time, freezing like, as well yeah, you'd be so cold. Every time you, like, land on the floor, you'd, like, proper hurt your ankles and legs. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they, Can't people do the would be Superman always thing you. where you bring someone up there with you. you just be like, oh, yeah, you're too heavy. <laughs> yeah, literally. Like, you'd hold someone and, like, you'd be able to float for, like, ten seconds. You'd be like, I'm literally sorry, I cannot lift you. <laughs> like, you'd be the worst superhero as well, like, trying to do stuff. Like... Imagine like, um, quick, quick! That's that's that baby's dangling from the top of a building. <laughs> I'll be, be able to do it with a baby, but yeah, that kind of shot myself in the foot there, didn't I? But, <laughs> but yeah, very nice, Jack. We like it. Um, his favourite film is The Wolf of Wall Street. Um, yeah, love it. Um, he says it's a genuine masterpiece, and he doesn't think that anything will come close to it for him. Um, it's a very good film. A very, very good film. I do like it. I've seen it quite a few times. Yeah, like, I enjoy watching it. It's a sign it. that I like it. Yeah. So we've got most overrated actor. 
um, he said Jennifer Lawrence bit of an interesting one um, doesn't like her especially in the Hunger Games all she did was just scream Peter um, and especially <laughs> for the last two movies uh, I do partially agree with him there but yeah like the Hunger Games the Hunger Games the books were really good I, I read the books um, and they did alright with it on screen but yeah, I mean, that was kind of her standout performance that kind of, like, spurted her career, isn't it, for Jennifer Lawrence? Yeah. The first one is really good. Yeah. She did get through quite a lot of the other films by just being like, Peter! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's just kind of said here, like, he just thinks that she seems like a bit of, like, a bit of hard work on set. Like, she just seems <laughs> like she'd be that way. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's the truth, but... I don't know. I mean, I've like on chat shows, she doesn't seem like she'd be like that. You know, when they do no, like she chat shows, pretty, like nice man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Jack Dexter. I think you and Jennifer Lawrence need to make up. Send her a little tweet and be like, <laughs> "Babe, I'm sorry. Like, I, I didn't, I didn't like, I, I didn't like your Peter performance in Hunger Games, but I'm prepared to look past it if you're prepared to be safe." Yeah. All right, and we've also got. <laughs> <laughs> We've got here most underrated actor for him is Chloe Grace uh, Moretz. I don't, I'm not quite sure how to say her last name. Is that right? Moretz, Moretz, yeah, something like that. Moretz, yeah, um, and yeah, she is fantastic. She's yeah, she's really just good. Just says here that the range of her acting is fantastic. She's put from kick ass um, to carry. She can do it all, and he just feels like no one ever speaks about her that much. No, yeah, no, it's agree, weird actually. because she had like quite a successful career as a child actor, but as soon as she reached her like teens and now she must be in her twenties, it's like where is she? Yeah. She's like ready to be in those more like adult big boy roles now. Yeah, like, well, well, it's weird because I saw her pop up in the Tom and Jerry trailer. Yeah, Tom and Jerry movie. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, the Tom and Jerry weird movie trailer. It's like that's like a weird flex for you. Like you've done so much cool stuff, but. I can't lie, everything that I see her in, I'm impressed. She's fantastic. Yeah. And she carries movies as well. She literally yes. carries movies. Um, and it's fantastic. Um, Carrie, not, like, it's funny, I've said Carrie like 40 times now. I was saying Carrie's <laughs> in the before, you know. Um, but Carrie, the film, she's really, really fantastic in yes. that. And that's a good Very sequel. Good. Not sequel, a good remake. I'd like to see Chloe Grace Moretz and Millie Bobby Brown in a film together. I reckon that could be sick. Oh, yeah. That'd be awesome. That'd be really, really cool. Um, so, the big question, what's the film you hate most and why? Here's what we've gone for. So, first up, he said, the, the Fifty Shades of Grey franchise like shoots, shoots into his head like really quickly um, just because it's just boring. Like he just said didn't yeah. like it, but I think a lot of blokes don't like that film. It's not. Yeah. It's a very female gaze film, and yeah, crack on. You know what I mean? We're not going to be doing a, <laughs> we're not going to be doing an episode about it. So yeah. Um, 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 and then uh, and you're gonna you're gonna hate this, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna not agree with this, which is gonna be funny. So here we go. Um, it's the, saying the movie um, that first came to his head when he. When he said that, when I asked that question, he said that it was Uncut Gems. Um, I had such high hopes as I love Adam Sandler and really enjoyed the type of movie Uncut Gems portrayed itself to be in the trailer, but I just hated it. Um, from the beginning, where the opening credits take us through Adam Sandler's colon to the like the nervous, kind of wrecky, horrible character that he plays, he just found it terrible. Um, and 
it also kind of like it's kind of like a double-edged sword because like what's annoying is from like a non-biased critique the movie is actually quite quite brilliant and um and he likes that it's an excellent showcase of kind of like that character and the life that that character leads um and that's kind of like what he what was kind of like kept him coming back do you know what i mean um he didn't like the second half of the movie um but also couldn't stop watching it um and spent the entire movie genuinely hoping that the gangster shoots um shoots how he dead and he genuinely celebrated at the end of the movie when he does get shot in his shot because spoiler like, he was just happy <laughs> yeah well he was just happy it was over and that we won't get to we won't ever have to watch a sequel to that dumpster fire which is what he's put which I quite like <sighs> so yeah, Dave, I can't say so, so, I can't say I agree with that I'll be honest um, oh, but like, being as being as um, as kind as I can to the, to his opinion um, is the the, the, <laughs> the, fi- the film the film um, is designed to be almost like a fever dream. The the directors are two brothers called the Safties, and their style is like everything talking over each other. Everywhere like there's constantly like people talking in the background, and you're tr- struggling to work out what's going on and what's happening. And for some people, I can guess that. I, I can understand that that would be like pretty horrible and uh, it wouldn't be fun. Well, it sounds like chaos from what you're saying. It sounds like chaos. It is from chaos, what you just but said there is there. a proper there is a proper plot. It's just in, within the, each scene, uh, there's a lot of chaos going on, and it's quite like chaotic and high energy and a lot of stuff going on. And for me personally, it, I'm, I really like that sort of thing. I thought it, it felt well, really real. It? it felt like. Uh, Probably, yeah. I, I'm not yeah. sure, but I'm saying I'm leaning more towards you wouldn't like it. Um, yeah. Just because the base, the basic storyline, don't think I don't think that'll be enough to pull you in. For me, I was really mm. interested in the world that was being portrayed, so that really like kept me on board. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it was it's a very specific type of film. So yeah, I'm I'm not surprised that a lot of people weren't a fan of it. But for me. I'm gonna go as far as to say it's probably my favourite film of this year. So, <laughs> yeah. wow, that's I, big I really news. liked I mean, it. Ha- I really liked it. He has he has said here um, that like the character he he liked he he liked Howie's character, the character that Adam mm. Sandler played. Um, he says like he was so good at being a scumbag, a low life, and he really like had like a genuine dismay and like anguish towards him by the end of the film. Like, he really yeah. like that character really made you feel a certain way. So I feel like I feel like potentially Jack is less. It's more about the, the film. The film. The film had. The film had the right effect on him. It's meant to alienate yeah, yeah. you by the sounds of things. Yeah. It's a film that's meant to make you feel uncomfortable. I mean, you yeah. kind of meant to make you feel like, what the fuck is this? Like, what is this <laughs> that I'm watching? Um, but it sounds like he picked the right bits out, kind of like it, it, it seems like the main character is kind of like the bit that you learn to love to hate, kind of. It's kind yeah, of one of those, yeah. isn't it? You kind of like kind of thing it's disgusting but you also want to see more of it it's kind of like uh yeah well mate thanks for thanks for messaging in yeah. like, we've loved all your Cheers, we've loved all your stuff mate it's been great to like hear everything um you got some you got some nice opinions there and i like that you uh logging heads with dave <laughs> yeah well I'm, I'm glad we got we got like a proper uh out and out out of the closet listener 
Oh, yeah, that's yeah, no, it's more, great. More, 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 yeah, more of so, you, Jack. Yeah, more of you. Yeah, don't let's. Uh, if you if you if you like anything, just 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 let us know. Well, if you're up to anything, just let us know, and we'll give you a shout out. Anyway, so what's um, what's your overrated actor then? Oh yeah, well, most overrated actor. Jaden Smith. Oh really? Yeah. I can't say I've seen him in anything actually. He's not really done much recently, but this is purely on the point that After Earth, which also links back to the question, what film do I hate most and why? Is After yeah. Earth is also yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it's just one of the worst films I've ever seen. It was completely built off the fact that Will Smith and Jaden Smith were doing a film together. And that was the only thing that was like enticing about going to watch it, and it was genuinely awful, and it lasted for ages, man. It was yeah. so boring. Um, <laughs> they get like the ship they're in crashes, and basically, um, Will Smith is like stuck in the seat, and his like legs are crushed, and he's like slowly dying, and mm. um, Jaden Smith like has to go out and try and sort like try and like get them out of there basically and there's like just some sort of like hidden monster like hunting them classic yeah. alien planet bullshit but <laughs> yeah I just like people hyped him people hyped him um, they hyped him for the Karate Kid they hyped him for After Earth um, they hype him because yeah but I just don't I just don't think he's very good but it's kind of like it kind of feels like his career has been in the shadow of his father and mm, um, now yeah. he's gone off and he's doing other things and I think he's better off for that basically <laughs> yeah yeah um, my most underrated actor would definitely be Regina King from Watchmen yeah good shout um, I, I mean I don't necessarily think that she's underrated in a sense of everyone thinks that she like no one knows who she is because she I mean didn't um, didn't Watchmen get nominated for like nine Grammys uh, or something like that Emmys, that's yeah. the one, yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like, she's obviously been noticed, but I mean, like, I'm just very excited for her career, the career that she's going to have ahead of yeah. her. It's going to be really, really exciting. She's a badass. Yeah, big yeah. time. What about you then? Uh, right, uh, my my overrated actor, I've got two, kind of for the rain, main re- uh, same reason, uh, Daisy Ridley and Rebecca Ferguson. I find them really mm. fucking boring and they always mm. do the same thing in every fucking film. Um, I disagree with you with Daisy Ridley, I'm not gonna lie. I don't know, I just don't I don't connect with any of the characters she portrays. I just think she's very just sort of like boring. <laughs> just kinda of standard. And with both of them I do kinda of get like what pisses me off about their performances, they're like so entitled and like very like sort of white privilege vibes I get from them. Like and it just puts me off puts me off their performances and yeah they don't have enough of a range for me to find connect with their characters or see like, oh well you did that there and you're doing something else here it just seems like they always do the same tricks in every film yeah I mean I won't lie to you I did just watch the, the trailer for Chaos Walking and I was like fairly, fairly excited does look like like at least a good movie that could potentially be coming out that we might be able to watch in the cinema maybe mm. if the virus decides to go away but it is literally <laughs> just Ray and it's literally just Ray in Star Wars not really yeah it's not really a ting not really a ting with me and uh, the most underrated actor I've got two again I've got John Sim and Michael K. Williams who was in Lovecraft Country 
Yeah, right. John Sim obviously is fucking incredible. He is so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I love him a lot, and he's he's so underrated. He's he's not in any like big films or anything. I think he kind of tends to stick to British TV. But if he had a chance to be in a big role in a film, I reckon he could absolutely smash it. Sorry, what's your like kind of theory with like these kind of like British actors that just don't like they're massive. They're kind of like massive, but they just don't do other stuff. Like David Tennant is in a similar sort of ballpark as well, isn't he? I don't know. I think I think maybe it's just easier for them. Maybe have they have tried to be in films and not got the roles, so maybe they're just like stick to TV because they've already got a name for themselves on on like British TV. Um, yeah. Also, I do think that the type of shows that they're in aren't really, that those kind of pro programs and themes and stuff aren't really represented that much in cinema. They're using quite serious stuff. Like John Sim is usually in like a like a serious program, like Life on Mars, or like he's in a lot of biopics. There's this one that he was in about this uh, the first uh, scientist to sort of use DNA tracing in a in a murder case. That was on like ITV. He's in a lot of stuff like that. So I think it just yeah. tends to stick to that sort of drama. But yeah, I mean, it's weird. I, I wonder. I wonder if he just gets if he if he gets offered those roles in, in in films and he just turns them down, or he just tries to sort of just avoid avoid film that because it's so much yeah. of a ball ache. Yeah, but I yeah. think as well. Like I think I think a lot of like movie producers sometimes overlook British actors for a lot of stuff because British television is sometimes perceived as kind of like cheesy. To yeah, other to people that aren't British, do you know what I mean? Because of all yeah. the like different ranges of accents and stuff like that, it's like some people just can't get over that that people like are northern, like it's just weird. Yeah, it's weird because you would think that Martin Freeman would be in that boat as well, but he's sort of transitioned into being in like the MCU and stuff like that. Because Martin Freeman and John Sim are fairly similar in terms of their just basic casting. Yeah. Um, but I think John Sim goes in way more. I think he's way more like intense with his right. characters. Mate, John um, Sim would be but... a fucking fantastic Watson, wouldn't he? Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Or like, or even just a Marvel villain, John Sim as like Mephisto or something like that would be sick. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, and then Michael K. Williams, my other underrated actor, uh, he was yeah, he was played this uh, a brilliant character in Lovecraft Country. He's like this. Um, he's like the dad of the main character, but he's very mm-hmm. like. Um, he, he had a very strict upbringing with his son, and he beat him up because he didn't want his son to be a sissy. But and it turns out that his character in Lovecraft Country is actually gay. So in reality, he just didn't want his son to be like him. And he had he had so many levels to his role, and like. Yeah, he was fucking awesome, man. I, I would love to see him in more stuff as well because he is yeah. he is just fantastic. Mm. But he's been in Boardwalk so, yeah. Empire, which is massive in America as well. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then my worst film, I'm not going to go into too much detail about this. Uh, it's just it's a film called Velvet Goldmine. Really shit, really shit <laughs> film. I can't be asked to anything awful. else on it, but it was fucking crap. If you know what, if you know what it is. I'm sorry if you like it, but I thought it was absolute shit. As <laughs> <laughs> we going in, bap bap bap. Right, um, right. Let's get this right this week, shall we? Now it's time to close up Christine's corner.
It's been a wonderful week. Thank you very much to our guest, Jack Dexter. And thank you for your fabulous answers. And we'll see you next week. <laughs> I wasn't sure about that. Why did I say I'll see you next week? <laughs> anyway, we got, I've got to find a way to fucking close that section properly. Um, <laughs> Like, got a bit of entertainment news. We'll crack it out quickly. Yeah, yeah, a bit of news. Ah, this bit. John Boyega wants to play James Bond with Steve McQueen directing. Yes. Wow. Well up for that. That is what I want to see. Yeah, I mean, the the hardcore James Bond fans still wouldn't be happy with it, but... You know it would just be yeah. a really good film. So. It would be, especially with Steve McQueen as director. Yeah. Like he would know how to make a lit Bond film. I bet he's literally written a Bond film. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't be so He's just waiting to drop it. Like, he's just waiting to drop it at some point. Um, what else have we got? We've got um, oh, a, a live-action Lilo and Stitch film. Yeah. Coming. And it's going to be directed by the director of Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah, I've heard of that. I haven't seen it. Helmer John M. Chu. Um, that's going to be so. That's going to be fab. Do you think that they're going to go? Um, have you seen? Have you seen the Lilo and Stitch movies? Years ago, years ago when they like first came out, I yeah. did really I mean, like, like them. I, I was a big yeah, fan. Yeah, I think that it's got the opportunity to be a really massively fucking good film. Yeah, with a new audience. Yeah, Disney have gone a lot harder with the the live action musicals in the last couple of kind of years. You know, we've had Aladdin, we've had Lion King, we've had all of that stuff, and um, it's all been all right. But like, there's so many. That, that's what people are talking, always talking about those those Disney hidden gems that haven't had live yes. action remakes that need live action remakes, like Treasure Planet that needs a live action remake. That will be so fucking good, man. <laughs> Treasure Planet is one of the best Disney films I think I've, I've ever seen it is my favourite Disney film um, but yeah there's all of these kind of like little ones that would be so good as a done well um, yeah, yeah. Any, any news from you? I don't know just that uh, chaos walking film I suppose I don't, I don't know I really I just really doesn't like attract me at all I really don't care about it it just doesn't the story yeah, looks a, a bit shit it's a famous novel vibe isn't it oh is it it's a it's a it's a famous uh, book that they're turning into a film so it's going to be it's going to have that same kind of mortal engines hunger games kind of feel yeah yeah it seems it seems pretty standard but i'm all right with it it's yeah. cool Whatever, at least they're still trying to pump some stuff out, hey? Because, I mean, yeah, it's been peak true. this year for cinema. It's been so peak. I did also see that uh, they're releasing Wonder Woman, the new Wonder Woman film, on Christmas Day. So that could be quite interesting if if, if we're able to see that in the UK, if cinemas are open. I, I'd yeah. quite like to see it. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see it. But what's the point in releasing it on Christmas Day? That's stupid. Everything's shut on Christmas Day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think they were just like, let's get it out there. Fuck it. Yeah, just... yeah. Like, just put, just, just let it go already. Like, you're not gonna, like, you're not gonna make any money in the cinema here anyway. So you just may as well just yeah. let us have it. Just keep us quiet for a bit. Um, all right. Should we crack on with a game and finish it up? Man is hungry. Yeah, boy. 
Yeah, I can tell you're hungry as well because you're like you're like flopping all over the place and being really like. Um, <laughs> what you get like when you need food. Um, yeah. So this week. <laughs> this, <laughs> this week, our, uh, our, we're going to play a game as we always do of um, of the other kind of person. That this week we've selected because of the level up. Um, we've selected Vin Diesel's character in Fast and Furious. His name is Dominic Toletto. Um, let's have it. Uh, I'm going to start off with he's the kind of person that ask you to put baby oil on his back on holiday. He's <laughs> yeah. the sort of person that would like slap you on the cheeks and say, be good to your mother before leaving a room. <laughs> <laughs> He's the kind of guy um, that, like when you know in ice cream stands, goes up to yeah. the ice cream stand and will like buy like six or seven ice creams just like and no one else gets any of the good ones behind him he just won't care about it he'll just walk off <laughs> and his excuse will be uh, he's buying that many because he's cultivating mass <laughs> <laughs> I've got a bulk on <laughs> <laughs> he's the type of guy that only that, that only has white t-shirts in his wardrobe <laughs> <laughs> he's the kind of person that um like like starts on you if he sees if you if you if he sees you looking at him. <laughs> yeah. You know what people get weird about that? Like you'll just like, you'll yeah, yeah. be like looking. Bro, why are you looking and at then me? they'll be like, What are you looking at? What are you looking at? <laughs> he's the kind of person that shines his head. <laughs> he's the kind of person that secretly has a really hairy back. <laughs> Um, he's the kind of person that wears um, army boots even when he's wearing like a suit (laughs) like army combat boots at all times shorts army combat boots smart trousers army combat boots (laughs) jeans then I've got builder's boots on okay that's the only that's the only little thing that they change up (laughs) he's the type of guy you wouldn't want to be your barber (laughs) Imagine how massive he would be, like moving around the side. <laughs> you ask for that, you ask for a haircut, and he'll give you something completely different, and you just wouldn't say anything. <laughs> it would like, it would like give you a slick back, and just be like uh, fifteen pounds, please. He's the kind of guy that you meet at a wedding who just talks about himself all night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was in this amazing. I was in this. I did some extra work, right, for this amazing company, right, and I was in the background of of this car film, and it was great, man. <laughs> I'm sure, that's not what Vin Diesel sounds like, but he's the kind of guy that would wear a waistcoat shirtless around Tesco, <laughs> like an army waistcoat. He's, a, he's the kind of guy who goes into a supermarket and fills the whole trolley up with meat and nothing else. (laughs) (laughs) Meat and those, like, probiotic drinks you have after the gym. Yeah, Actimel. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's the kind of guy who does meal prep. (laughs) He's the type of guy that wouldn't own a memory stick. Fuck. <laughs> He's the kind of guy who doesn't know how to work a computer at all, really. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> You'd probably think like all screens are touchscreen. Yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant when people do that. Oh, so funny when people do that. No. He's the kind of guy in the gym changing rooms that's just always got his knob out. <laughs> yeah. Just like slapping like, it come- against his thigh. Yeah, like he'll walk like straight into the changing rooms, and as soon as he crosses the threshold of the door, his fucking shorts around his ankles, and he's just like wandering about in there. <laughs> like, you know, he'll like come right up to you, like where you're doing, like trying to trying to keep yourself to yourself. Like, excuse me, have you got any deodorant? Like, it was just his knob, just like fucking staring at you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's it from me. Yeah, yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. I think I think yeah, David's going to pass out if we don't end soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we need to close it up. Um, make sure you're following us on our social medias: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram is the one that we're most lit on. Um, and we've also got a very exciting next episode coming for you. We're going to be doing uh, a number two of our Marvel monologues and we've got a really exciting guest coming in. We've got Mr. Callum Hurley who we've wanted from the beginning and this man knows his Marvel. So this is going to be a really interesting chat because um, apparently we're inviting on a person that knows more about films and Marvel than we do. So (laughs) yeah, like we'll see how that goes. Um, But we're really excited (laughs) and it's going to be like a fab episode. So uh, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week. That's the way you do it at Falcon Car Wars. Fuck's sake. Stop that one. I don't like it. (laughs) Sound.